This is Jim James, and you're listening to Small Town Scuttlebutt. Yep, I said scuttle, but you really should be reading. Scuttlebutt, scuttlebutt, scuttlebutt. Gotta get some scuttlebutt. Here it comes, right on time. It's another episode of Small Town Scuttlebutt. Small Town Scuttlebutt is the show where we find out what the people have to say. Traffic lights that our time wrong makes my 109 way long. CBS receipts are wasteful, Facebook posts that are not tasteful. Small Town Scuttlebutt. That is Rick, he's a daddy, wrote those posts that drove you mad. I am Mike, I work with kids, I do the things you wish you did. Rick does stand-up, stays at home. Mike, you're a nerd, you live alone. We'll both tell you how to live, so much advice we have to give. We made this podcast just for you. Here is Rick Fink Jr. and Mike Page. And Kathy Ferris. Hey everybody, this is Rick Fink Jr., host of Small Town Scuttlebutt, hanging out in my basement as I do every week with my buddy and co-host, Mike Page, sitting across from me by the paint cans and the oil tank. Is that the heating oil tank? It's your house. Yep. Um, And then over to my right here is my pal, my neighbor, my fellow comic, Kathy Ferris. Hello. The third co-host now and um, partner in comedy with us or reporting on what's going on. I'm going to actually just start writing my own intro because I felt like that was like, oh, and Kathy's over here to the side. Well, you're kind of the third person, you know, like the add-on. The afterthought, the third wheel—that's <laughs> about right. <laughs> I have to, I have to that's on a, brand. I have to think in my book, Kathy. That's I have to think brand. of a better way to put it. We also have Mike Bernard with us. Mike Bernard wrote a book called Crossing Guards, and then sold it to some Hollywood people that might option it for a movie. So that's pretty awesome. He lives here in Medfield, so he's going to hang out with us. How you doing? Great, great. Thanks for having me here in the basement. Yeah, it's no problem. Not weird. It's just. Right. Well, we're up and running now. So what has happened? The power went out twice today, once from the wind outside. And what's weird is n- none of us, there's four of us in this basement right now. Not one of us has posted on Facebook about the power outages. Right. Yeah. What are we doing? I don't know. I think it's great restraint. Yeah, it is. <laughs> but anyway, <clears throat> we're not starting the show off on a negative note. We're going to be, I'm going to try to be positive. Um, I thought that this show could uh, use a little... Does the word panache mean anything to you? Is that the Is right that word? Is that a word? Panache. I'm a writer. Yeah. Panache. Sure I want a little more flash to the show, right? So um, for the opening parts, I thought we would have a little imaging. I just made this little thing for me. Tell me if you like it. It's, it's time, time for Rick's Rundown. Okay, so that's going to open up the segment called Rick's Rundown, and that's where I'm going to run down all the things that we're going to touch on in the show. That gives the listener some roadmap, mental map in their head about where I'm at in the show, where I'm going, and where we're going to end. I think that's something that was certainly missing last week. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, aside from me, there were some other yeah, things missing. It's hard to have a Rick's Rundown without a Rick. Right. And Rick's Rundown is brought to you this week by a new advertiser. We have 
my <laughs> rosy thanks lemonade stand. Oh, oh nice. Okay. She bought in. Okay. Nepotism. Got it. Ready? Yes. Corporate greed. Okay, thumbs up. Are you thirsty? It's hot outside. You better have a cup of lemonade before you collapse and hit your head on something. Hi, I'm Rosie, and my lemonade is the best. That's Rosie's Lemonade for only a dollar. Don't be cheap. Give her five instead. And sometimes there's free lollipops. Always free lollipops. Yes. <laughs> okay, so she gave me a dollar, and we threw that together, so I had to give her that shout-out. I like how you just threw your daughter's commercial together, but yours, you put the soundtrack to, <laughs> you scripted it, mm-hmm. and wow. actually you're going to go back and do more with it. Yeah. But Rosie's, eh, you just threw that together. That's love. In response, um, what do you do, Kathy, when you're flying to wherever and the cabin shakes, right? Maybe there's some smoke in the cabin, right? The masks come down. This escalated quickly. What has this got to do with lemonade? What do you do first? What's the first thing you do? You put your own mask on first. All right. Well, there it is. Technically, my tray's probably down and I bought one of those $7 glasses of wine, so I'm chugging that thing. <laughs> I'm putting the tray up because I saw this horror film once where the tray goes right into your abdomen. Then I'm doing that. Okay. <laughs> also, might, I don't travel finish with Chardonnay. <laughs> finish the Chardonnay. Exactly. $7. Jeez. Uh, that's so funny. Um, so, my question yes. is, there was no business information other than Rosie's Lemonade and P.S. You also get a free lollipop. Where do I go to give her this dollar slash five dollars? Okay, Mike, thanks for exposing the uh, fact that she's uh, selling without a license or um, oh. child labor. Yeah, Her and man. also she's eight. Yeah, there's no, so I'm many, not blaming so many Rosie. Go, I'm there's saying, so many things going wrong here. Yeah, I mean, she hasn't even filled out a W two. I mean, you, here's the thing: she doesn't even talk about like yeah. how, what's her, her safety measures during this you know, yeah. pandemic time. Does she have curbside service? Like, what's happening? Well, we went curbside on the corner of Donnelly and Farm last week. Yeah, the most dangerous corner. Go. Yes, but the wide street is wide, so you can pull in. Anyway, she made eighty bucks. Oh, are you kidding are you me? What did she charge a cup? Wait, what? Nine, nine, she charge a cup? Eighty dollars in ninety what? minutes. I'm setting up competition right across the street. Right. Let's Listen, go across Kathy, the street. we're doing it. We're, doing it. we're gonna have a what? flashing is, sign is and right. everything. Is there vodka in this lemonade? No, no. But she does make. She does have some that she makes herself. With I'm syrup. actually drinking some. I right would now. go yeah. high noons <laughs> and get her out. And it's bourbon that I put in it. Yesterday we set up at the back parking lot at the state hospital. And in 90 minutes, we walked away with $50. What am I doing wrong? The show, do you have any idea what we're going to talk about? Zero idea. And here's the thing. Did I have good intentions? I had good intentions. Yes. No, the roadmap's great. It's Mm. a fork in the road here. He's not even going to edit any of this. If only we had a crossing guard. Oh, segue. (laughs) Are we still on Rick's Roundup? By the way, this is Rick's roundup. We sure are. Ricky's roundup. Well, anyway, like you said, this way (laughs) we've got a direct roadmap to where we're going. Okay, so ready? You know what this is? We've been stuck in a rotary for the last (laughs) 10 minutes. I know if anybody was listening to this podcast right now, they could have gone to Shaw's and back. Okay, Kathy. And still have not heard anything. And they'd come out and be like, oh my God, it's still Rick's roundup. (laughs) 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 Okay, so. Then I was going to ask you guys how your vacations were. <laughs> so, Kathy, how was that vacation? <laughs> I didn't take a vacation. I haven't had a vacation. I haven't had a vacation since. Can you do me a favor and maybe fill out 
a uh, request for time off form. My plan is to just for Mike. Um, text you 10 minutes before the podcast to say that I'm not feeling well. I think my, uh, I almost said field trip. My vacation was great. Where'd I went go? down to uh, the Poconos of Pennsylvania. So I grew up down there. And there's a lot of scuttlebutt hang- happening down there. Um, Eric... Eric Frain, Frein, I don't remember how it was pronounced. He went to my high school. Anyway, you might remember the name because he was on America's Most Wanted list for a while. Wow. During October of... I'm sorry, Mike, is that the FBI's Most Wanted list? Yes. Whoa, that's big. Um, that's Whitey Bulger. He was the guy running around the Poconos for, a, for like the whole month of October. They canceled Halloween. He eventually got caught. Uh, his execution date was set, but he was, quote... Saved by coronavirus. So his execution has been pushed off because of coronavirus. This is the kind of stuff that I learned when I was back home. I do historical reenactments as well. Which, not that which, was, uh, which war do you like? Um, I actually don't do wars by historical reenactments. I mean, oh. like 1999 when I asked my uh, supervisor from Dress Barn if I could have the day off, and she said no. <laughs> and I'm just in the backyard like, Brenda, I filled out the form. I've been working 36 hours, and I think by Massachusetts state law, we're supposed to have the day off. <laughs> but I does never said play? it to her because yeah. I never had the spine to do, do you ever but have, Does like, it like play out differently when you do it? Like you, you get the result you wanted? Uh, yeah, but it, you know, it's like a loop. Yeah, well, no, let's talk more about this exciting vacation. So it always comes back to serial killers, murderers, or whatever. Mm-hmm. What what else did you discover on this vacation? And remember, this is a this is a lighthearted show when we talk about, what about, talk about, the, what upbeat, about the upbeat things. From what you just so led far, with, so I feel like you want me to tell you about the Cranberry Bog Mummy, but I'm not going to talk about that. Sorry, Kathy, you're going to have to wait. Mm-hmm. Um, For our Halloween But special. there's a permanently set up funnel cake stand now. So that's exciting. So the uh, I'm gonna do one of those in direct competition of Rosie. Yeah. <laughs> Please do. You should team up. So there's funnel cakes. Why, when a group of girls get their picture taken, does every girl in the front feel the Lose need the ability to stand up straight? To, yeah, yeah. Like I have to bend at the knee, bend at the hips, yep. put my hands on my knees. Mm-hmm. Cock my head 30 degrees straight up, stick my chin out. Yep. I think what they're doing, and as women we do this, we tend to mm-hmm. um, subconsciously take up less space. Okay. Um, so that's what I think they're really doing. I don't think they're trying to like do some kind of posing. But Can I, like I point out the flaw with that theory? Okay. So you think they're taking up less space. Vertically, they are. Horizontally, which I think is where... Your theory probably <laughs> stems horizontally. They're taking up far more space right. doing what they're doing. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just yeah. saying that I think that's what some of it is, you know. What else are we going to do? We were supposed to move on to um, news. I never got to finish Rick's rundown. So then we would get into news and then we'd talk to <laughs> Mike Bernard. I thought this was all Rick's rundown. <laughs> Do you want to do you want to try Rick's rundown again? I think I'm just going to get a podcast called Rick's Rundown. I could see him doing that. <laughs> and was, and it's, totally and it's, see him doing And it's that. a two-hour version of this show. Go Rogue. <laughs> Go Rogue. Hey guys, it's Rick Fink Jr., host of Rick's Rundown. I got three hosts uh, guests with me today. Do you have any news for this week, guys? Well, you know, not really. For, here's the reason why, and I have a good excuse. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't want to do it. <laughs> and 
this whole tornado weather thing, mm-hmm. you know, when we're having, we're going to have bad weather that takes up yeah. a couple of days beforehand. Yeah. And now, now we're experiencing it. So here's the big story for me this week. Mm-hmm. There's an ice cream truck in town. Mm. Okay. There's more than one. It's a, right. But here's the thing. Sorry, I'm jumping. Here's go. the thing. No, there's one ice cream truck in town mm-hmm. and it's run by a family. That's an awesome family. So it's Chubb's Ice Cream. There's some free advertising. If you see Chubb's Ice Cream truck going around town, you stop them. You give them your money. They're an official Medfield. Now, here's why I say they are the ice cream truck in town. Because an hour after posting in (laughs) Friends in Medfield, a second post went up. And it starts the worst way possible if you want to be a competitor. Mm Mm-hmm. We are the other Medfield ice cream truck in town. <laughs> Throw down. Okay, first of all, you already lost. Okay? So my money's going to Chubbs. Okay. Period. You lost. If I'm being honest, my biggest issue is the photo that they included of their ice cream truck has a mm. whole bunch of like decals. They're right, pandering Mike. to these kids by throwing these giant decals of superheroes. Mm-hmm. And obviously, this. The ice kids cream truck going for the Superman. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, the they want the ice cream. So why throw the superheroes up there? You guys are missing the point. No, Mike. Maybe there are Mike, dents in it. Obviously, if you don't put the stickers on the thing, you got a windowless white van. You're just a Thank creepy you. white van. If you are, you put up yes. pictures of popsicles, ice cream cones. That's all you need. Can I just Great point out van. that I've known Mike now for four and a half weeks, and I've never seen him get mad about anything. Um, I bet a lot of people listening are a little surprised at Mike. For his um, diatribe there, I know you guys. However, all think I'm Mr. Rogers, but and when I get pro- heated, I was angry. people were, was are angry. probably thinking that's what Rick would have done. I think what we should do is a ride along. You go with Team Chubbs. You're on. I'll Let's go do with it. Team CNC. I'm Team Chubbs all the way. So I want more substance on the show. <laughs> what? Nothing has ever been more apparent. <laughs> Some might accuse me of going into a little, like, relapsing on my vacation. Yes, I would. Yeah, you would, and you did. I did, yeah. And I, did. Um, and I said, hey, just chill. Let, just yeah. let this play out. Um, could you just, I, I had an, an opinion or a concern. I think it's legit. I think it's straight up 100% legit. Mike Bernard, would you just mind I, reading I, this? I, I was told there would be no reading in this <laughs> interview. I know you had to read. Oh, yeah, you don't have glasses. Honest question. Will there be a buyback program organized by charities like MCPE that made hundreds of thousands of dollars off the racist logo? The money benefited affluent white children when, in reality, it's Native American children who really needed the money, in parentheses. MCPE bought a huge flat-screen TV for a spin room, question mark, exclamation, which means they were very angry about that. Uh. Also... Will my family and I be harassed on the sideline at the next soccer game for sitting in our midfield warrior folding chairs that we just won at the Winter Carnival auction held just a few months ago? One more follow-up. How come black lives don't matter anymore? Ouch. Why did you make me Is this that? you? That's yeah. wildly. Is this you? Didn't, weren't you doing this podcast so you wouldn't hell? start doing this stuff? Okay, well, that's anyway. what I want to talk about. Uh-huh. Can, can we have like, group therapy for a second? Because I... I Maybe I'm missing something. Someone called me a troll for writing that. Mike, I think you would agree with that person. 
I would. Do you want me to jump in here? Yes, absolutely. All right. So here, I I didn't read the, all the comments. Mm-hmm. I saw your post and I went, oh yeah. boy, here we go. <laughs> Rick came out of retirement. Not really. So then I read some of the comments and I read mostly the comments from a few friends of mine and then what your responses were to them. Which were brilliant. Eh, debatable. My grievance with it is the tone that you took. And I know deep down, I think you do have a point to what you said. Mm-hmm. The problem is you bring a few things into it that I don't think needed to be brought in, which means, of course, people are going to jump all over it. And then it doesn't even matter what you said. It's the, the way that you said it that nobody wants to hear what you have to say. Well, apparently... Um Judging by 122 comments and counting, a lot of people heard what I said and had something to say in return. And now we're all talking about, why are you looking at me like I'm crazy? But did they hear you or did they say, this guy is an idiot and I'm going to jump all over this? Because that's well, what I think Well, a lot of people really at. didn't jump all over it that much. Um, <laughs> 122 people? How many were Was like- it the same person 120 times? <laughs> Let me tell you, no. I can post artwork that I spent like 10 hours on. Yep. And I'm lucky to get like... 30 likes, let alone comments. So I'm just saying you you really pushed it there. Well, I did. Okay, so with this whole, because one thing we're, we have a charity, we want to help inner cities, right? We want to- But here's my thing, Rick, and I, I get it. You yeah. got all those comments on it. Mm-hmm. Mission accomplished. Well, no, that's not what it's about, Mike. No, I know, but that's what I'm saying. If I think if you <laughs> led with, you know, this organization has raised thousands of dollars with this logo that we're trying to replace, mm-hmm. I would recommend that instead we donate towards this cause. I think I think you still would have gotten plenty of comments. You would have gotten a lot more likes. People would have agreed with what you were saying, and it still would have had the desired effect. And well, people would have known what point. you were really saying. You know what I mean? Because well, that is a good point that you were saying about that all this money was raised, mm-hmm. you know, and right. the whole reason behind us actually even looking at the logo and making money off uh, of it. Mascot, yeah. And then putting it towards your affluent white kids in the community. But the, the thing is... I'm not against everything that. that you said. No, I'm here's against the, deal. the way that you said it. Exactly, you know what I mean? Exactly. But here's here's where I always have come from. That place is sort of like... I, I observe CCM, like like um, organisms mm-hmm. in a, a petri, petri dish. dish yep. And like if you can activate it, you can do something like, oh, they react to this. Oh, look what they do. You know? I'm, uh, I'm fascinated by human behavior. And one thing I've learned is... You want to deliver. First of all, I don't care what anyone thinks of my what my wife terms um, bad social media presence. Because <laughs> she she's like, you're a nice guy. Why are you you know like that? But nobody's nice on that site, right? So well, if you, I mean, some people are nice. Yeah, but then they get ripped <laughs> apart. So I'm going to get ripped apart anyway. So I just kind of come in with something to rip me apart with anyway. But this gets people talking and thinking. Everyone's already, the, the message got in your head. There should be a buyback program. Also, a school, school committee should be, I don't know, maybe worrying about getting our kids back into school safely and as quick as possible instead of worrying about this. And so my new stance on this is I'm not against the movement. It's bad timing. Can I say something about this? Yeah. And as people know that you took, you are stand up and you mm-hmm. took comedy classes. Yeah. That's exactly what, like I got into comedy f- 
for the reason that I have things I want to say too, but the way I'm going to have people listen to me or like think about it Mm -hmm. is by making them laugh. And that's not about making a mean joke. It's about presenting something in a way that they can see it differently and maybe react differently to it. Anyway, um, I just want to bring it home here. While you were talking to me, Kathy, about this, I'm going to rewrite this post into a joke. I love it. And then I'm going to repost it next week. Wait, can I see it before you do it? Yes, yeah, please. Yeah. Right. We can do this. Like, we'll talk, we'll work out the exercise. Okay. All right. We'll workshop this and then we'll put it up, you know, like next Sunday. Love it. And then it'll be a couple days before we record and we can see if it got right, better. Right. I think this is a great time to tell listeners that um, the comedy studio will now be having com- um, comedy school and I'll be teaching there. And so if you ever thought, I think I could do this. I think I could do stand up. That yeah. Check it out. Right. I mean, I'm a testament to her success. <laughs> I'm a student and did you hear that post that Mike Bernard just read? Anyway, <laughs> so my co-host and friend air quotes Mike across the table here writes some snarky comment about, "Hey man." Yeah. So I reported you. Good. You want to hear I, I told you I've been wanting to get kicked off of this group because you keep forcing me to rejoin it. Sean Collins says, so Steve Kasky and I are evaluating your reported comment. We essentially have four options. One, delete post and mute Mike. Two, delete post and remove Mike. Wait, is that the same thing? Oh, mute Mike, remove Mike. Three, delete post and block Mike. Four, ignore you. Hang on, what was my initial thoughts? What what is the grievance? You you really reported him? Of course he did. You reported me. I'm more than okay with that. Mm-hmm. What was my post that you reported? And then I'll and then I'll throw I, any kind mm-hmm. of snowflake well, you, terminology you, your way. Like a coward, you erased it, but it was like I did hey no man, such thing. Hey man, it was like that. Do you want me to go find it right now since I didn't erase it? Well, anyway, I just said I want him dead. And then Steve, wow. no, no. Then Sean writes back. Okay, five options then. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't remember what I said. <laughs> Hey man, it's something like that. Oh wait, hang on. I just found the post in in question. By the way, only 21 people liked this, but it's got 117 comments. You know what that means? That means you're wrong in your argument. That's what that always means when you No, see it means that I on. got people talking. Yeah. Sure did. <laughs> Rick was in the middle of an argument with a few very good friends of mine, and then he said that he would explain it. It wasn't an argument. See, Okay, it was a, it was a back and forth that you were losing. I was not some, losing. Some folks call that an argument. Rick calls it a conversation. Anyway, he Python said he skit. would explain it in episode eight, to which I replied, Rick Fink Jr., please don't. I've got plans for an entertaining episode eight. You're complaining when you're supposed to be relaxing. Enjoy yourself. Wear a mask. And don't subject beachgoers to that blue Speedo. Nobody wants to see that. That's what I got reported That's for. what you reported? That's like comedy gold. It there hasn't like three been tags. deleted. If you want to have me removed from that group for that post, I would be more than happy to remove myself from said group because I've told you multiple times I don't care for concerned citizens of Medfield. Now, some of you may have seen um, on Digital Hometown Weekly that Small Town Scuttlebutt got a big shout-out being featured um, and... God willing, hopefully we're going to be in print. That way we can 
relate to and be on par with our guest today. What do you think? Yeah, because we'd be published. Yeah. We'd be big time. Right, mm-hmm. since we did write it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, so in the studio with us is our friend who's been so patient hanging out with us. and um, His name is Mike Bernard, and he wrote a couple books, most recently selling, um, I guess you call it a manuscript, to the uh, latest Crossing Guards uh, title <clears throat> to Hollywood executives and yep. they're gonna yep. make a movie and you're gonna be yep. famous super famous i hope i'm and we're in your entourage basement mm-hmm. someday doing exactly Same this thing. yeah so congratulations on on thanks, the thanks. writing it's not the primary career that you right. have right correct right r-i-g mm-hmm. see what i did there yeah, i like that so i started writing mm-hmm. probably eight or nine years ago yep. i say in the back of my books when my kids and my money went off to college. The house was quiet <laughs> right. and there was nothing else to do. And mm-hmm. my wife's like, get your hands off me, go do something. <laughs> exactly. Perfect, right? So um, the the story is I went to high school with a, a guy who's a good friend of mine who owns an ad agency. Mm-hmm. And he wrote a movie. So probably like 10 years ago, 10, 15 years ago, he had a small movie play in the um, uh, Tribeca Film Festival. And he's a really creative guy, and I was, he was one of these guys you're always jealous, like he's, he's got it all. And he wrote a movie. So we went down and we um, uh, watched the movie premiere. And just as the lights were dimming, it's me and him and three of our buddies from high school. And just as the lights were going down, he leans forward and he goes, hey, guys, shh, my movie's about to start. No way. And I'm like, dude, I want that moment. Mm-hmm. I just want that moment. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so we went out afterwards, and he's like, you can do it. You know, you've. Just you have to discipline yourself. You've got stories. And, What's and, the movie? What was so the it, movie? it was called. Um, uh, <laughs> it was a small independent. I forget hunting. the name. Of it. it was called. <laughs> it was called Star Wars. Small <laughs> independent that yeah. suddenly became something. So in any event, he was like, "You can do this. You know, you just have to discipline yourself." And everybody's got. A, I say everybody's got a story. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if everybody's got a good story, but everybody has a story to tell. So yeah. um, he kind of convinced me to start and just start writing and he had always written stuff so he disciplined me to write every day you got to get up what even if it's bad you just write it what time of day do you write first thing in the morning what time i'm I'm usually like between six and seven so many people do that yeah Mm -hmm. i'm a i love it i love it i it's it's now it's like a muscle it's Mm -hmm. like comedy you have to do it and and nine times out of (laughs) ten ten times out of ten it's bad like i'll write something bad but Mm -hmm. then you edit and so I read this, Stephen King says, write with the door closed, edit with the door open, which is you sit in, you write, you know it's bad. Then open the door, let everybody review it, let them beat it up, then you edit. But just oh. get it done, write it. So um, so I took a class in um, uh, Harvard, like um, Cambridge Center for Adult Education, right, which was a bunch of people wanting to write screenplays. Mm-hmm. And... Um, what that did is once again discipline me that once a week I needed a story. And I had a story in my head and I knew I wanted to kind of get it done. And, and so in any event, I finished a screenplay. So I did it backwards. I started my stories as screenplays first uh-huh. and then I turned them into books. Okay. So my evolution was... But hang on, that's the yeah. way you're supposed to do it. I've seen well, that on kindergarten classroom doors. It says, shoot for the moon. <laughs> Even if you miss, you'll oh, land I among missed. the stars. Yeah. Uh, yes. So well, I think you did it shoot right. Shoot for the moon. 
with a book is like you got to get it to like 250 pages to at least oh. feel like you can charge 11.95 on mm -hmm. Amazon. Mm -hmm. A screenplay is like 85 it's, it's 85 to 110 pages. Double space. Really, yeah. Oh, huge huge huge, double, margins. huge margins, big font, yep. Orion 15. <laughs> You know, lots of banter and italics in there. Yeah. You'll get it to a hundred pages. When you're doing a screen, when you're writing screenplays, do you have like s celebrities in mind when you're writing them? Uh, you know, that's a really good question. I, I don't because that develops my character to their personality. Mm. I have people in mind that, like all my stories, especially Crossing Guard, um, well, all my stories are based on people I know. If I made oh, okay. them celebrities, I would probably end up turning the story into them mm. and tailoring Got it, it yeah. for George Clooney or cha tailoring, you know, for someone. So it, so it started as screenplays. And mm. so my first screenplay, um, I, I got it to uh, probably 130 pages, which is way too long. And I sent it out to professional um, coverage um, people. They'll You pay them like a hundred bucks and they'll give you professional feedback, which you needed. You need them to beat it up and say no. And you need, the thing about a screenplay is it's a formula, a very strict formula. You need to get by page five, you need this. You need an inciting incident that pushes the story forward. By page 15, you need to be done with your first act. You need to develop your characters. People need to be invested in those people, whether they hate them or love them. You want either. Because if I hate this person, I want to see if they're going to die. Mm -hmm. So there's a formula, and you need to stay in these rigid, formulaic writing model. By by page fifty, there needs to be a break in two. There needs to be an all, an all is lost moment. So mm -hmm. in any event, I wrote my first screenplay, and I sent it out, and it got really strong reviews. It was uh, based on high school. It was called Crossing the Sagamore. It was all my high school buddies. It was a road trip movie, and it got picked. I sent it out into Hollywood. I sent it. I went old school. I found this book of producers and agents, and I sent emails. I licked envelopes. I went old, old school. Mm -hmm. I must have sent out 1,000, 2,000. Yeah. And most of them will get rejection because you can't send unsolicited material. But I got a couple people that were like, hey, this is really good. And I got one producer um, – that was a producing team, and the woman had worked for Disney and said, I really like the story. I'd like to develop it with you. That got me like, okay, so now I know I can do I feel like I can do this. Mm -hmm. so, so anyway, I started off writing screenplays. That got optioned. And by the way, my high school friend is so pissed at me, by the way, because he's like, dude, you wrote one screenplay. <laughs> I've been doing this for 20 years. I know people that have moved to Hollywood, left their families – Start, left their jobs, moved to Hollywood, and just write, and have never had an option. Hashtag up. humble brag. Yeah. It's Huge so humble brag. Right. Huge. I'm starting a third ice cream truck in yeah. Medfield. <laughs> so is this movie going to get made? What's yeah, the next so, step? So I've sold three. I've optioned three screenplays. Okay, and you've written how many? Five. Okay. Four. Five. Okay. Wow. Four, really, yeah. Yeah, I got like humble brag. Would you have a bell or a whistle for that? Or no, just keep going. I support. I support it. Huge brags. <laughs> I don't know if these will ever get made. Right? Yeah. I just I got in the game. They bite the. They buy the rights to Who it. Who cares? People rights. don't no, even care. Cool. You can just drop yes. it in a conversation. And it's like, wow. Party brag. Huge party brag. Right. Um, yeah, I've got some really fun Hollywood stories. So I, I just. 
they got picked up. And so I was like, wow, it, it validated the stories. Like, mm -hmm. okay, these are real. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if they'll ever get picked up. Crossing Guard has the best chance. Okay. I have a female director who is a powerhouse, who loves it, who's bringing it to people to get financing. That seems to have legs. Can I make a recommendation for the casting of Megan? You said Go. you don't have people in mind. As I read it by like probably by page 15, I had one actress in mind mm -hmm. for the rest of the story, and it's Olivia Wilde. Oh, that's Ooh. good. That's all I could. She's picture. pretty versatile. Yeah, too. I, I, really I don't like know her. who that is. Emily Blunt um, is good too. I've had several. So it's the Hollywood game is really interesting, and, and that's why I decided to turn them into books. So look, I'm just some guy from Medfield who you know decided writing. A, I mm. don't have any accolades or. So I don't have any juice that I'm going to be out there like, oh, you, you're reading a Mike Bernard script. Oh, good yeah. luck to you. So anyway, I go out there mm -hmm. and I'm meeting with the director. Her name's Cayman Grant. And we're sitting at this coffee house somewhere in, in L.A. And I'm like, this is, this is the biggest moment of my life. Yeah. Sorry, kids. You were all born. It was great. <laughs> Those days were nice. But this was really cool. So she says, we'll meet for coffee at nine. I get there at eight, scope the whole place out. And as we're sitting there and she's going, I have my screenplay, which by the way, if you want to look really cool, just have a screenplay in your hand. It doesn't matter what, go to a bar, go to a coffee shop, just sit there and be like. Does it work if it's oh, your book that I'm holding in my no, hand? No, it doesn't. I it have doesn't that. Matter. Have the <laughs> screenplay because they'll go, oh, what are you doing? Oh, 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 I'm casting and I think you'd be perfect for the part. Of wow. So we're sitting there and we're, Cayman is discussing the story and I've got the screenplay in front of me. And she's talking about all these casting ideas, De Niro and Clint Eastwood. And I'm I'm like totally blown away, okay? Jeff De Niro and... Uh, yes, yes. Jeff De Niro and, and, and Michael Mike Buscemi, Eastwood. Michael Buscemi. Yeah. Yes. The D actor. He's huge. Yes. And I'm like, if this were the blue moon in Medfield, I'd be the coolest guy in the world right now. Right. So I literally look around and every table, someone's got a screenplay someone's having the same conversation. Really? And you're like, come on, guys, this I'm is like, my this, day. Yes, yes, yeah. right. yes. And, uh, and the waiter came and had to get up and go to somewhere, and, and the waiter comes over and like, are you, did you hear any of that? He's like, dude, I please, simmer down. <laughs> you're not going to get your First of all, you should have led with the fact that that coffee house had a waiter. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking around like, is anyone paying attention? Nobody. Nope. Everybody, literally every table was someone with a screenplay pitching mm -hmm. their idea. So wait, wait. Lost. So to backtrack, biggest mm -hmm. moment of your life <laughs> crushed is happening throughout this place. Everybody there is having the exact, the exact same big moment. It's God, like, that's right. And they all had right. three kids. It's like five hundred. Not the greatest moment of my life. It's like those super wedding mass weddings. You know, five hundred people just. Mm. That's amazing though. It's like yeah. the pinnacle. Yeah, that but was at my, the same time, it's like, shop. oh, we're all we're all we're all doing. Yeah. This. I don't know, but like your but conversation it's a dream for me, about honestly, it yeah, was right, a dream right. come true. Of course, like. Right, for I mean, me, they're talking about so... De Niro. They're not talking about, like, you know. Yeah, I mean, I Was that know... for Jackie Boy? That was for Jackie Boy, yeah. yeah they're yeah, actually yeah. talking to Michael Keaton, who I think would be perfect. Oh, I love for. Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton's 64. She um, has connections in, in Pittsburgh. He's the right. If you look at him now, he's aged enough. And I need someone who's in good shape. So He'd to backtrack perfect. for our listeners, for mm -hmm. anybody that has not read the book Crossing Guards, Jackie Boy is a former Marine who, st who to this day, when you refer to him as having been a Marine, he this says, day. no, I am a Marine. Yes. So his whole thing, and that struck a chord with me. Uh, my sister's boyfriend was a Marine. Is a Marine. Very much is, is a, Marine. a Marine. 
Um, well, I say was he since passed away, but he was that exact guy where he was out of it, but he never left it. It was such there's, a there's core part of his being yes. I, I, look, that everything he did was shaped by it. Yes. And you had a line in the book uh, where you're describing Jackie Boy being a Marine, quote, to this day. Uh, and that struck me because it said every action, every decision, every emotion is affected. And yes. that's that's this guy, Mike, that I, it is. That I knew There's, so well. I mean, well. huge shout out to all service members. Something about Marines. They are so proud of their division of the, of the armed forces, right? And like, so what I've done making this book is connect with a lot of Marines. Um, what's been really special is it's based off my neighbor, next door neighbor, Don Hayes. Um, but I have, whenever I'm out somewhere, I will, if I'll see a Marine Corps sticker or a Marine Corps um, emblem on a car, I will leave the book and I'll say thank you for your service. Oh, and that's great. It's been really great for them to come back. But what's interesting is there aren't there are more Marine Corps stickers than there are Navy stickers or Air Force stickers. They're mm-hmm. so proud <clears throat> of I would say boastful too because yeah. they think everybody else. There's a line in the book uh, where, where he's making fun of the Navy. Well, he, he's making fun of the Navy and then his, um, the the young boy Michael says my dad was in the army. And he's like, "Oh, uh, do, do you know what uh, the first the first rule in the army survival book, the first rule is call a Marine. Yeah. <laughs> so they, they, there's also a line, uh, at the wedding and he's standing in for the, the missing father who was in the Navy. Yes. And, and Jackie boy says something like, Oh, go figure. Here, here's the Marines being right. called in to do the job right. of the, for the Navy again. Right. Leave it to a Marine <laughs> to do the job of a, of a squid. Yeah. Of a Navy man. And I left it. I went to, um, we were in California and I went, um, to a Navy base there. Uh, my son lives in California. And so we were traveling through, I think it was Coronado. And I left it on Navy cars. And I'm like, oh, this might come back to bite me. Because Navy is part of the Marines. I didn't ever realize that when I wrote yeah, it, it is. right? Well, but the Marines a great were actually rivalry. part of the Navy yes, right. originally. Yes. Yeah. And so it's a great rivalry. And I do have Jackie Boy make fun of the, the Navy a lot. The Marines were the guys up in the up in the... Yes, yes. Crow's nests and the mizzenmast right. and stuff firing down. And they were always, you know, leave it to the Marines to, to clean up the job of the mm-hmm. Navy. So, but I've gotten great feedback from them because it's all about the pride. It's it's the Semper Fi. It's the you know, always faithful. Mm-hmm. But there's something about the core that runs runs deep. And my next door neighbor, um, Don Hayes, met him years ago. He's, he's in his 80s, made the mistake when I first met him, he was wearing a USMC t-shirt and I introduced myself and I said, oh, you used to be a Marine. And he turned red and I thought he was going to knock me out. <laughs> He's like, I didn't used to be a Marine. I am a Marine. So that's like, I had that idea years ago. I go, that's a great character. I need to add that in one of my stories. So that was based on Don. I wanted to ask if you had specific people in mind because reading through it. So I used to live in North Quincy for a while and reading through uh, your descriptions of some of the places, and especially the peoples, some of them and like Mrs. Hit, Wallace is, struck such familiar. a familiar chord where I was like, I know these people. Yeah, thanks. Uh, you know, that's the important part for me. I, I mean, it's a good segue in making screenplays in books. Screenplays are very staccato. It's description, make it short, and it's all dialogue. The dialogue has to tell the story. When I made it a book, the shackles were off, and I could go deeper 
Now, the, the challenge was I'm huge ADD, so I don't have the attention span to sit and, you know, I remember reading these stories like just get to the point. Mm-hmm. I remember reading um, Field of Dreams. I'm on like mm-hmm. page 17. They're still talking about was the a corn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, just get to the baseball game. So when I was, I remember the description of Wollaston and Mrs. Wallace's house. I wanted, thank you for noticing that, because I wanted, you go in those old stately homes yeah. of these elderly, yeah. and they're so proud. And I think there's a line in there of how her dining room table was always set with china and tea, mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. in case someone showed up. And my grandmother was always like that. You couldn't go in the dining room, but yep. it was always set in case someone showed up. So the hard part for me, because I was exercised on writing screenplays, which was cut out words, get to the point, just have the dialogue. I had to make those descriptions really evoke an emotion or a memory so you could kind of get into the story more. So that, that was good for kind of Mrs. Wallace's Quincy, Quincy yeah. story. Well, and even like your your descriptions of the Wollaston Beach area, I'm trying to remember what else. Like I lived in Savin Hill for a while. Yeah, there's yeah. several. There's several Southie so he's from things. Dor- yeah, Southie and Dorchester, mm-hmm. right? So there's there's a heart. There's there's those a lot of as well pride. The the Castle Island, like running through right. Castle Island, like there's that uh, boxing club right there, right off of L Street. Yeah, yeah, that if you've ever jogged past there in the morning, and you, you know you've got your you've got your headphones in and you're doing your own thing and you're feeling pretty good. You're going to see a Jackie boy. It might not be the Jackie boy from right. your story, but you're going to see a yeah. guy that is that person blow past you. Right. He's three times your age. And can still kick your ass. And my he's ass. destroying yes. you. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. And you know that he just came right. from the boxing gym. Yes. And he's that guy that's just way tougher than anybody else. <laughs> and that's his point. Right. Like he's out and to And I wanted himself. to give him heart. Like, you know... I saw a guy jogging along South Street pulling a tire. And all my stories start with imagery. So In Medfield? In Medfield. It was on really? South Street. He passed away a few years ago, and I can't remember his name, sadly. Um, but in any event, he was running down South Street, snow, ice, uh, leather weight belt around his waist, chain, yep. pulling it, dragging a tire. He's an elderly guy. Wow. Yeah. And he used to work out at the gym at uh, Encompass Fitness. And I'm like, that's a great opening to a movie. I'm like, that's my imagery. So I kind of took that image and I morphed him into Don Hayes, Jackie Boy, Marine, and then my next door, my other neighbor, I live in a very eclectic neighborhood, (laughs) uh, into hospice nurse Megan. So they're all not based on actors. They're based on real people that I've a lot of times gotten in trouble with. you just kind of collected that? Like you just had them through the years? Like you meet this person and then that person? Yeah. Just kind of collected. So what I've learned in screenplays, in, a, in translates to books, but in screenplays, is the characters, it's all about the characters. They don't care. So so my screenplays. They really, that's the number one thing? Characters. Characters. That's all that matters. They want a character <clears throat> that they, they want a character in your story. They're going to go to Robert De Niro, and they're going to say, you're going to win an Oscar with this story. Yeah. Forget about the story, right? Forget about oh, Goodwill okay, Hunting, and he yeah. learns to read, and he's really smart. You, there's a... Robin Williams, there's a monologue in here that you can crush. Mm-hmm. So this character is going to win you a statue. So when you're writing, when I'm writing my stories, it all starts with the people. The story, I mean, I can have an idea 
you know, like Star Wars or, you know, a DC comic kind of. That was of, you? But, yeah, it was me again. It was my friend Ned. Wow. But it's all about the character. You have to, you have to care about, yeah. you know, the superhero. You yeah. have to hate the villain. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. the character. And you got to get that hook in the first 10 pages. I like, ooh, I like this person. Yeah. Ooh, she's, I want to see what happens because they need to turn the page. Yeah. They want to see what happens. All right, well, we're going to have to move on and turn the page because Kathy's so busy and always has what? something else oh, going no. on. She's got some call. She's got other scuttlebutt. Mm. Yeah. There's more scuttlebutt. <clears throat> we did a segment with Erica Cody, the teen librarian, where we asked her if she was an expert in anything. She claimed to be an 80s pop expert, and we proved her to not be so good at that, right? She was four for ten. And, uh, so the bar has been set. I need Rick to go was a five. gracious host about it. Yeah. <laughs> I need to go five. I asked Mike Bernard what's he claimed to be an expert in, and he said 80s movie quotes. Love it. Wow. So I, I found five. a minimum of five, I feel. Okay, well, you know what? I did ten, but for the sake of time. No, I need to get no, five no, to let's do them. the librarian. Listen. You want to do them? crush the librarian. Okay. Mike gotta, is so riveting. Yeah. I'm actually go. going to push right. okay. that call. Um, and it's great because these are all dynamic characters that were great. I think they're all protagonists. People I just really Ooh, are awesome. Mike and Kathy, there's going to be times where I'm just going to hand it to you. Okay. You read the character that I tell you to. It'll help. Cool. We're going to sort of do a table read. Okay? Mr. Hollywood. Done. Okay. This is from a movie called Ghostbusters. came out in 1984. You familiar? Am I supposed to guess the movie that you just told me? Or no, you have to finish trivia. the quote. Oh, finish the quote. Oh, okay, wow, I didn't get that tough. part. And it's so, from the movie Ghostbusters. Go. No. <laughs> they hate <laughs> this. Act two. So, Kathy, this Don't is, cross the sword. This is Janine Melnitz um, who says this. And when you read this, guys, what's in parentheses is what they have to get. So okay. just stop. You're very handy. I can tell. I bet you like to read a lot, too. I read a lot myself. Some people think I'm too intellectual, but I think it's a fabulous way to spend your spare time. I also play racquetball. Do you have any hobbies? What does Egon say? Oh, he says something. I collect spores, molds, and something else. I collect spores, molds, and fungus. Yes. Wow. That's impressive. <laughs> well, <clears throat> it's. I'm not going to try to. First of all, not like, easy. Okay. Nobody even talked about the fact that like, I just went right into that character. Yeah, you really challenged it. Okay, Axel Foley is in, um, it says Achmel, this. Axel Foley is here um, to see you. Beverly Hills Cop, Got it. 1984. This is the cleanest and nicest police car I've ever been in my life. This thing's nicer. Read it again. This is the cleanest this and is nicest the police cleanest car I've ever been. This is nicer. Yeah, this is nicer. I don't know. Than my apartment. Me, me, me. Okay. That's kind of obscure, but okay. I thought it was gonna go. I thought it was gonna. I thought go. you were gonna get the other guy, Achmel, Achwell. This is not sexy. No, this no, is too just scratch. wait. This is not, uh, you want a little lemon? In this one, we're gonna do number three. This is my favorite movie Mike of all time. Oh, okay, my favorite movie, Rain Man, came out in 1988. Okay. okay. Yeah, definitely 1988. What? Okay. What definitely? What definitely date? 1988. Definitely 1988. Uh, definitely June June 22nd, 1988. Fart. Of course, it was a Tuesday. Oh, it's definitely a Tuesday. Definitely. Okay. Pow, you play the role of Susanna. I'll be Charlie Babbitt. You be Raymond. Okay? Number three. You used me. You used me, Raymond. You used everybody. Using Raymond? Hey, Raymond, am I using you? Am I using you, Raymond? Yeah. Shut up. 
He is. He is my brother. Now, this is my favorite line of the whole movie. Who are you, Charlie? Charlie Babbitt. <laughs> he is nicer than my apartment. He is answering a question from 30 minutes ago. Come on. Save yourself. Number four, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, 1986. This is Cameron, his friend, who says... By the says, way, all your quotes are very obscure. No, they're not. Okay. Yes, they are. Wildly, wildly obscure. This um, is cleaner than my apartment. <laughs> Please. This is like Mad Lips. Okay, Cameron says this. The 1961 Ferrari 250 GT California. Less than 100 were made. My father spent three years restoring this car. It is his love. It is his passion. To which Ferris Bueller says, and this is not obscure, guys. To which Ferris Bueller says. Yeah, this is a key moment of it the It is movie. a key moment. Cameron's going to. So don't give me any. He's in succession now. Do anybody want that on HBO? Yeah, it's great. Oh, I love it. Um, He's running for president. Succession, more like digression. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> trying to, trying to oh. get people off. Oh, no. We ran out of time. Okay. Your time's I don't know. Out. Give me. No, I don't know. I'm losing to the librarian. It is his fault he didn't lock the garage. Finish this one. Ferris Bueller. Day off. Swing bada bada bada. Uh, no. Ferris Bueller, you're my hero. <laughs> uh, can I make a quick plug? Sure. My third book is called Coming Attractions. Mm -hmm. It's out. It's yep. about a kid who was raised in a video store by his parents. Mother leaves. Father has a breakdown. The kid was only schooled on 80s romantic comedy movies. Yeah. He turns 16, his father gets put away, he needs to go to a modern high school. All he communicates with is lines from 80s movies. It's mm. a tribute to John Hughes. Yeah. Um, I love it. The Breakfast Club, 1985. This is from the character Brian Johnson, which was played by Anthony uh, Hall. Anthony Michael Hall. Right. Oh. Dear Mr. Vernon, we accept the fact that we had to sacrifice a whole Saturday in detention for whatever it was we did wrong. But, but we will think see us the way you see us yeah, but we think you're crazy criminal. to make us write an essay Princess. telling you who we think basket we are a what criminal basket case princess nerd brain isn't that it there's five you, well you you were you missed athlete athlete um and you're out of order it's a brain oh. an athlete a basket case a princess and a criminal plus if you did it in a british accent that would no, my Anthony Michael Hall doesn't have a British accent, but he, yeah. he did. That's a great line from. That's a great. That is a wait. Great line. It's all John. Anthony Michael Hall is British. No, no I'm just no. saying. talking about? Funny. Back to the Future, 1985. Mm -hmm. Doctor Emmett Brown says, "I'm sure in 1985, plutonium is in every corner <laughs> drugstore, but in 1955, it's, it's a little, little hard, hard to, to come, come by. by. I'm sorry, but come on, you were just. I know. I had. It's a little hard to come by. I'm, I'm sorry, sorry, but we don't. I, I'm, have afraid that. I'm afraid. I'm afraid we don't have that. Stuck. In he, here, here. No. Yeah. I'm that pretty. should not. You realize that's, none of these quotes have ever been on a t shirt. How about this one? You're stuck here. What? But I, no, I'm sorry, but you're, I'm afraid you're stuck here. That's the line you wanted me to finish. It was a great you moment. Did, you, you actually just picked up the quote. You it's were good. just doing the quote. It's good. Mm. It, well, it was also, again, a big moment in the movie. It's like, here is your problem, kid. Yes. Um, number seven, big. Came out in 1988. Okay. Josh, Josh, played yes. by Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. You mean sleepover? Okay, but I'm on top. I get to be on top. Oh, oh come on, dude! You are crushing, Judd. I'm giving it to you. It's yours. Stand by me. 1986. Okay, you're gonna love it. There's a dead guy in that 
Oh, okay. oh, you love it, Murder. Well, Gordy Lachance. I was 12 going on 13 the first time I saw a dead human being. It happened in the summer of 1959, a long time ago. But only if you measure in terms of years. I was living in a small town in Oregon called Castle Rock. There were only 1,281 people. But to me... Wow, dude. <laughs> but to me... It was the whole world. <laughs> Oh, oh my God, God, dude! Where? He's like, who, who's, like where a did you get? You I'm can't even look these up. Here, number nine. Okay. Fast times at Ridgemont High. failing miserably. I'm trying to help. What's this? 1982. He's got Ola Mr. Oh, Hand T-shirt. He wore that. Ola Mr. Hand. This is for you, That's buddy. Shout out for you, Tim. Linda Barrett. You want romance in Ridgemont? We can't even get. Oh, is it um, cable? Cable TV here, oh. Stacy. And you want okay. romance? Right, Stacy. And who played the wo- Linda? I don't know. Really? Yeah. Phoebe Cates, the greatest scene in oh, yeah. man's oh. history with the red. Number 10. This is the last one. We'll end the misery here. Rocky IV, 1985. During this fight, I've seen a lot of change. Oh, God. Change. You can change. In the way I you feel change. about me. We can change. And in the way I feel about you. In here, there were two guys killing each other. But I guess that's better than 20 million. I guess what I'm trying to say is... If I can change, you can change. Everybody can can change. change. Yeah, that was good. That wins an Oscar. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. If you're looking for Mike Bernard's book crossing guards which will soon be a hollywood movie you should probably check out park street books they're located at 504 main street and they're open daily yeah and um hey if you looked out your window remember that windstorm we just had this week i bet your yard has tree limbs and debris all over the place who has time for cleaning that stuff up i'll tell you who mario's lawn care you call them, you have nothing to worry about. Mario's Long Care. 508-359-8016. That's 508-359-8016. How about J3? It's been great this week, actually, talking to an actual author and learning about some good books. You know what else is great? Good hair days. And that's what you get with J3. Not only do they do your hair, they do your makeup, they do your <laughs> skin. So like a... You look wicked pretty when you leave. <laughs> it doesn't break the bank. It's amazing. Check out J3, a sandwich between Shaw's and Marshall's. And uh, if you're so inclined, there's a fitness together right next door. And you can just pick up a bagel. My point is, is that it's convenient. And they're experts. 508-359-9099. Tell them we sent you. And we being small town scuttlebutt. When I need a pizza, I call... Rodal Pizza. <laughs> you, you might know him as uh, Royal Pizza, but uh, but I call him Rodal. 508-359-2424. That's at 483 Main Street in Medfield. Yo, Adrian, call Rodal. All right. Mike's been enjoying some Sam Adams Boston Lager as we recorded this. Where did that come from? Larkin's Liquors. That's right. I've been enjoying some bourbon while we've been recording this. Where did that come from? Larkin's Liquors. If you're looking for good beer or liquor, look no further than Larkin's Liquors. Why mess with the other places? 
their selections, quite frankly, not as good. What did you get that bourbon with? You mixed it with something. Yeah, I mixed it with a little lemonade. It's a great summertime drink. Did you like that lemonade? Was it good? It was great lemonade. Mm. Let me tell you, folks, I cut my bourbon with some Rosie's lemonade straight from the source. It's Mm -hmm. from the Fink's refrigerator. Yeah. You know what's in it? Eight squeezed lemons. That's not important. What's in mine is bourbon, and it's great, (laughs) and it's from Larkin's Liquors. Where you get good beer and liquor. Located at 20 (laughs) North Street, and they're open daily. Okay. Um, We got to go. All right, so the book is called Crossing Guards. You can pick it up at... Um, Park Street Books, that's where I got our two copies. I heard they were sold out. They well, are sold you know out right what? now, but they're coming back. Yeah, well, I got the got last King one. James to order some. Well, here's I gave him all free copies. I... Yeah, I was going to say, I also heard there's a number of them in Mike exactly. Bernard's trunk. Yes. So basically... <laughs> there's other things in my trunk, so just call me, call ahead, and I'll open the trunk for you. Don't go looking. Well, I did take the last one, and then I ordered through Jim James a copy for Mike. And sorry, Kathy, didn't get to you. Yeah, again, third wheel. Sorry. I thought she just wasn't prepared. <laughs> you know, like with, with the news. Like last week when you I guys did the show? When I found out that you were going to be a guest, I found out a little less than 48 hours ago, I actually went to Park Street Books. Oh, I talked goodness. to the owner. I don't know if you guys know Jim James. Never heard of and him. And he's like, oh, they're right on the bookshelf. I said, oh, thanks. I don't see them. And he's like, oh, they're all sold out. So, yeah. He w- they're also, they are available on Amazon. Don't know they're not. Yeah. How dare no. you? Don't. Not on this show, sir. All you right. get it you get it through Jim James at Park Street Books. All right. Well, Mike, it was great to have you Thank in you here. Don't fun. forget the little people in the basement. Yeah. Um that's, when, that's your next screenplay. <laughs> right. Mike Bernard. Thank you guys. You were the man. We'll great see you. quotes. Well, no yeah. one knows them, but they were great. <laughs> I'm going to let you guys finish the show, Mike, Kathy. You know, you did such a bang-up job last week. Why don't you take us out? As a third wheel in this podcast, I just want to thank all of you for listening and for being civic-minded and for sticking with us with this. Um, Stay safe. Clean up your lawns because we have a lot of branches out there, folks. Mm -hmm. And uh, we'll be back next week. Yeah. Thank you. We'll see you guys later. Thank you. That was another episode of Small Town Scuttlebots, the only podcast that reacts to the overreaction of other people reacting to small town problems. If you like what you heard, please tell a friend. Small Town Scuttlebutt is released every Thursday. Rick Fink Jr. and Mike Page <coughs> and Kathy Ferris are mismanaged by the Bravo Talent Group. Send your comments, questions, and grievances to these guys through Leanne Bravo. Email her at bravo1 at smalltownscuttlebutt.com and she'll probably get back to you eventually. Check them out on Facebook too. And thanks for listening.